Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District by Horizon Capital, where we partner with B2B SaaS companies and help them scale with both capital and our growth marketing playbook. This episode is also sponsored by our partners at Build, a startup development studio that helps early stage startups build and launch scalable revenue generating software businesses. Product development is often a challenge for non-technical founders who don't have a tech person internally. That's where Build comes in. They help founders build and launch their MVPs, test the market, and find product market fit. For 15K and roughly a month's work, Build will get your validated product up and out. We've all been burnt by the companies that promised this for years. But Build is focused on finding product market fit and will do that by keeping you away from the feature creep and escalating costs that do most initial products. They keep costs low with the block structure, but more importantly, they have already built great products on scope and on time for founders. Companies they've worked with have generated hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue, gotten into Y Combinator, or raised money at eight-figure valuations. If you have an idea and want to see it come to life as a product, head over to build.com. That's B-Y-L-D-D.com today. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how PR strategies support SaaS exits. Today, we have our guest, Lindsay Groper, joining us. Lindsay is the president at Blast Media, a national B2B SaaS PR agency that takes a holistic approach to PR. Lindsay is responsible for new business development and helping oversee the strategic direction for the agency where they focus on public relationships. Uh, Lindsay graduated from the University of Georgia with a Bachelor of Arts degrees in journalism and mass communications with her specialty in majoring in public relationships. So welcome, Lindsay. Super excited to have you on the SaaS District Show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Cool. So let's uh, let's get into today's episode where we're talking about uh, public relationships. So um, you know, let's, let's talk hypothetically. If I'm a SaaS founder, uh, I'm in the middle of an M&A process, right? I've got an LOI on the table. I've got an offer. I'm in the process. Maybe they're starting to do due diligence. Um, when is the right time for me to start thinking about or writing that press release and, and announcement to letting people know, hey, we're 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 about to get acquired here? Yeah. You want to think about that as soon as it starts to happen. So it's never too early to start thinking about how or if you want to announce this publicly. Um, Reason being, it is going to affect your employees and your customers. So never too soon to think about how this major move is going to affect uh, those that matter, right? It's not just a you thing. So uh, as soon as those conversations uh, start to take hold and it is something that's going to happen, you want to start thinking about it Uh, You want to talk to the acquiring company, figure out who their spokesperson is and how it's going to be jointly messaged. Uh, Every acquisition has a different why behind it. Uh, And so aligning on what that why is and aligning on what we want to publicly disclose, what we don't. Uh, But my advice would be then once that release is approved by all parties, do not start pitching the media or do not issue that press release until ink dry, deal done, everything is finished. Um, we have had clients make those mistakes in the past, which got into some hot water, uh, where a deal <laughs> was supposed to close on a certain day, did not. And we had to quickly go back to our press contacts and say, hold, hold everything. Um, so make sure that you do not distribute anything publicly until that deal is officially done, closed. Okay, so money in the bank. Now you can celebrate and pop champagne and then let the world know how what happened. Got, got it. All right. Um, and I guess, why is it even important, right? I mean, like, okay, yeah, we, we closed the deal. I sold my company or I bought this company. I mean, that's between us. It was, you know, there's a mutual reason why there's value in that, in that transaction. But 
why is it important for everyone else to know about this? I mean, who, who's going to benefit from this? Like, is it the yeah. more of the seller or the buyer? And, and uh, what can they expect from that, that release? Yeah, every deal is different. Um, it depends if you are being acquired uh, and your brand is going away and you're you're being brought in under the you know the the larger company, or if your brand is going to continue to exist and you are a you know an X company um, underneath this larger umbrella. So every deal is a little bit different, um, but the acquiring company will definitely want to promote the news uh, because they're acquiring you for whatever reason that is and whatever that why is. Um, but ultimately, it goes back to who, who's affected by this acquisition. And it is going to be certainly you as the founder um, in a positive way, hopefully, but mm-hmm. it is your employees and it is your customers. So they need to understand why this deal was done, how it's going to affect them. Um, there's an internal comms play there as well. Um, but in terms of what to expect from it, um, I want to manage expectations in terms of those of you who might be listening. We're like, okay, going to write this release and we're going to distribute it. And we're going to get all these stories, all these interviews are going to come in. Um, there is a lot of acquisition news on any given day in the SaaS world. Right. So... Uh, you do need to manage your expectations in that you may may be an unknown brand already. So a large company acquiring you unknown brand isn't huge news. Uh, but what you can expect from that is is coverage in in three places. So definitely two areas you're likely to see stories run. One would be your local market press. That is a local success story. If you're based in Nashville, Tennessee, you're based in DC, you'll want to tell your local media this success story of your company as local company exits. So you should be able to get local coverage in your market. The other area you should be able to get coverage is your industry press. So whether you are a fintech, a health tech, a martech, an HR tech, those industry media outlets will likely have interest in the acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, the third segment where you can sometimes expect coverage uh, is in those larger technology outlets. So if you're being acquired by a well-known brand, the tech crunches, the venture beats, the business insiders of the world that everybody wants uh, are more likely to cover that acquisition if it's a brand that they've heard of um, or it, it, or even if you are a smaller brand but have big name enterprise customers um, that may be a way to get them on the hook as well. Um, but it is a blip on the radar for the mm. press. So that's where it comes with managing expectations because as soon as your acquisition announcement goes live, there's three more in their inbox and onwards mm. we move. So mm. it is not a PR strategy. It is one PR tactic to get coverage, uh, but it is a fickle media market with a lot happening with SaaS M&As. Um, mm-hmm. So it will get coverage in local industry, maybe national, and then on they move to the next story. Got it. I mean, so I get it, you know, announcement for, you know, employees. I, I'm assuming they're probably aware of this probably a little bit earlier on. Uh, clients, I'm, I'm assuming this is probably at a point where this is news for them, which can be good or bad and kind of, you know, adds to some, okay, now we're going to be working with this new people or new team. And then obviously investors as well are also part of that that equation. Um, you know, but from a SaaS company's perspective, okay, it's a blip on the radar. Like you said, it's a one-time thing. I'm going to get all this coverage. People are going to hear about us. Is there a metric that really matters or that you want to pay attention to, um, to whether, you know, you decide whether how, you know, this is an effective, um, you know, a campaign or launch and, you know, how, how, do, how does success look like here for a SaaS company uh, on that sure. one small period here? 
Sure. And I want to go back to something you mentioned about employees likely know beforehand. Uh, oftentimes not. Uh, because what, what sometimes happens is if you have internal communication go out to your employees about the acquisition, uh, you lose a bit of control on the message. So an employee may post about it on their personal social and someone comments, media gets a hold of it, and all of a sudden, there it is. Uh, so oftentimes, there is a, a built-out strategy around internal comms with employees coinciding with when the announcement goes out or around that same time. So if you know your announcement's going out at 9 a.m., maybe the internal comms goes out at 8, uh, and then you figure out a strategy too for your clients. Uh, but it should be thought about very intentionally on what how that information flow is going to go. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to measuring PR, this is literally an age-old question. And if Anybody can figure out a way to mm-hmm. accurately measure PR. I am all ears. We've been doing this a really long time. Um, I I would say to not set expectations and try and measure a single release. Uh, you are going to put a release over a paid wire service, a business wire, APR news wire. That is an RSS feed, meaning that regardless of the release, it goes out to a network of established people that are outlets that pick up that news, but that doesn't yield new stories. So when I tell you that I could put out a release about a fake startup and pay for it over a business wire, pair newswire, wire service, it will get the same amount of RSS feeds. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't set expectations around a specific release or try and measure one announcement. Um, PR is a, it's an investment in brand. And brands are certainly not built overnight. They're not built on one announcement, one moment in time. Brands are built over time. And you think about, and it's going to be different for each of us, but you think about a, a, a brand that you love. You love that brand because it you connect with it. It makes you feel a certain way. And B2B SaaS companies are no different. When you have a massive category race, the one with the strongest brand wins. All things considered equal, right? Mm. Technology roughly does the same thing. You have about the same employees, decent marketing budget. The strong brand is going to win that category. So it's less about what does what did this one tactic yield and more about investing holistically in a PR strategy that's going to help strengthen that brand. Because then you can manage, you can start to monitor metrics over time that matter. Um, Could be share a voice against your competitive set. How much are you talking about in the press versus them? It could be based on sentiment. It could be based on proactive opportunities where the press is contacting you as a leader in the space. Uh, How many maybe conferences your thought leaders are being asked to speak at? All of a sudden, it becomes more of a credibility and perception driver and how you measure that over time versus a one blip on the radar, how did it go or not go? Um, the There's a lot going on with the media any given day. And also, you may put your announcement out on a day that was a really bad day. It might mm. be, a, you know, it could be a day that the publicly publicly traded company in your space had a major announcement and you had no idea. And all of a sudden, your announcements get completely trumped um, so it's tough to to set a metric of success around one announcement. So I would suggest looking at it holistically from a long-term investment strategy. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, and I guess from, like, I mean, we do acquisitions at, at Horizon Capital. We understand that, right? When we do is, uh, I guess it's a, it's a lot of signaling as well, right? I mean, that shows that perceptions like, hey, we are doing deals. 
and, and, and I guess, you know, from our result perspective, by announcing that, I guess, just talking about ourselves, like, hey, look, these are the type of deals we're looking for. Uh, you know, this is probably the size of the deal. This is probably the type of employees. And then that kind of just gives a signal of like, you know, other people who are thinking of maybe selling now they're like, hey, these people are doing acquisitions. Uh, and now they, they kind of find out who we are. And maybe they also want to start that discussion. So, uh, but I guess that's kind of a, a secondary effect of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, so if I'm, if I'm a, whether, whether a buyer or seller, say we're looking to do an acquisition and we say, we come to you like a, you know, PR team, um, you know, Blast Media, how, how can you help us? We want to get the most impact out of this message, right? What, what do you guys need to kind of craft that? Is it, you know, the, the date that this is happening, the, the transaction value, what, what, what are the pieces that you usually see that are going to give the most impact in the, on that message? The biggest thing that we need to understand for maximum impact is who the hell cares. Why does this matter? Again, there is no shortage of M&A activity across the SaaS landscape. So the, um, the deal itself, the news itself is the what. And there are hundreds of what's that month. We need to understand the why. Who cares? Mm. What does this mean for the category? What does this mean for the acquiring company? What does this point to a larger trend? We may, you can maybe pull in additional investment trends in that particular space or sector of technology, but there has to be a larger why behind the what for it to matter. Uh, because you're, we, we, we go through 20 to 30 between funding acquisition announcements um, every year as an agency. And we always have to establish the, the who cares behind it. And if you don't know why it matters, you as the founder, or if you're the acquiring company, you get a problem because you're also not going to be able to communicate that effectively to your employees and to your customers. But there has to be some sort of a news hook associated with it um, that points to some sort of a larger narrative outside of this happened, this transaction happened, because there's there's just too many of them for any one transaction to stand out unless you're a great top 10 um, technology company where media will cover every time your, your CEO sneezes, you're going to have to figure out what is your unique message behind your acquisition. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know why you're doing the acquisition, you probably shouldn't be doing it in the first place. But uh, right. uh, <laughs> do, do, you, do you suggest or recommend, like I've seen these, I usually like them when I see them, like, you know, quotes and, and you know, different quotes from the founder or from the seller of like, you know, the, around the transaction and and speaking about you know what their experience is or how they see the future going, the vision of, of that transaction. Yeah, typically we want to have, and if we're talking about a, a release in and of itself, you want to have quotes from uh, both parties, and also have availability from both parties for potential interviews if that's something that you're offering. Uh, need to be on the same page on what types of details we're disclosing. And then if we are setting up interviews, you want to make sure that you have a clear messaging document so that every, all parties are on the same page about what we're disclosing, what we're not. You'll get questions about what does this mean for the employees? What type of what type or department are you planning on keeping? There's overlap here. You have to be prepared to answer those questions. If you know from a financial standpoint, if you're not disclosing financials. Even if you say that in the release and you take an interview, everyone's going to ask you to disclose financials. And they'll ask you four different ways to try and get you to finally cave and sure. say it. Yeah. Um, so being crystal clear <laughs> with these spokespeople on uh, how to bring that conversation back around to a place where you want to um, talk about uh, versus harping on the financial details. 
I mean, that's the that's the juicy, the meat of the of the equation, right? People want to yeah. know uh, what I mean. What percentage of you know from the the companies you work with actually you know want to disclose whether it's or or have to? I guess you know maybe some publicly traded companies would have to disclose that, but right. private companies uh, like you know whether it's numbers or even all right, we pay this valuation you know range. Like you said, there's yeah. different ways of approaching it. It's like what was yeah. the revenue? What was the valuation? What was the multiple? What do they raise yeah. at? Right. So then you can kind of they try to get to a close number, right? So how how many percent? Oh, absolutely. Actually, yeah. And and media is pretty savvy in the in the SaaS market. If they're covering M and A, they can do some reverse backward, you know, back of the napkin math, mm-hmm. um, and and come to a, a fairly close conclusion. Uh, but if it's a private company um, making another private company acquisition, very rarely are any financials disclosed. Yeah, yeah I figured. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, cool. I, I want to chat about you. Know, you got the strategy you guys talk about called the. Stocking, stealing, and using people's strategy. What is? Can you talk us more about that and what, what that's about? <laughs> I like it. That's mine. Uh, <laughs> my, you know, my way of being provocative, right? Because it's uh, a, uh, it sounds a lot cooler than saying uh, find people, leverage thought leadership. It, it's just a, a punchier way of saying that. So <laughs> this is when it comes to developing a larger PR strategy um, and different. Uh, different tactics you can leverage as an internal person, right? If I'm working inside an organization marketing and I maybe haven't brought on a PR firm yet and I don't, but I, I don't know where to start. I know we have really cool shit to talk about, but I can't pin anybody down to talk about it. I don't know who to pitch. So the press is answering my my emails. Um, the stopping, stealing and using people uh, is a strategy to, to move your PR strategy forward. Um, in a less obvious way. So mm-hmm. the stopping side of the house is find media where they are. Um, media used to have a desk and they used to have a published phone number. And you used to be able to literally call their desk phone um, until they answered, until you caught them. Um, okay. That is no more uh, with the advent of a couple things, but specifically with uh, COVID and working from home, no one has a desk phone or a published number anymore. And <laughs> sure. um, so uh, you certainly have an email address that you can work from, but uh, the stalking part really lies in uh, finding them on social media and hitting them when they are active. And they, because they are certainly tweeting about their stories, they are making comments on LinkedIn, and there's a way to hit them in a fairly real time way when they're live uh, online and on social media where you can slide into their DMs and pitch them mm-hmm. that way. Um, so that is the, the stalking part. And we've had many a story. Uh, that the initial correspondence started uh, via Twitter DM. So that is a a real way of getting in front of um, journalists and influencers. Uh, The stealing is stealing the thunder of your competitor news. It's one of our favorite things to do. Nothing pisses off a competitor more than when they have a big announcement and your CEO's perspective is included in the vast majority of that coverage. Mm. Uh, It is a good day at Blast Media (laughs) when we're able to do that. Uh, but uh, you should be monitoring your competitors and understanding when they make announcements. You should be one of the first people to know because you're tracking them and you're constantly looking. So if your competitor um, announces an acquisition or maybe there is a merger of two competitors or they file for an IPO or they have a huge round of funding, that's your opportunity to go out to the media that covered that space right away with perspective. What does that mean for the industry at large? 
What are the investors missing that they should be looking at instead? Where's the future of that category going? What does this mean for the customers? What are they going to get more or less? It's up to you how bold you want to be. But by going out very quickly and stealing the news cycle of your competitors, you're able to get in on a, a lot more opportunities and come across as a thought leader. And that is um, especially powerful when you are commenting on the news of a much larger competitor and your CEO perspective from a much smaller company is um, holding weight to comment on that large move by the competitor. Um, so that's where the stealing comes in. And then the using people is you need to use the brains of your executives and your spokespeople internally, your subject matter, matter experts. They don't have to be media trained. They don't have to, to, under, to be able to take an interview. But if you sit down with your chief product officer, your CTO, your head of sales, and you start to pick their brains, ask for 30 minutes, come with curated questions that are specific to them, you can pull out perspective that you can use in topics for pitching thought leadership or topics for trying to secure a guest post on a particular uh, media outlet that's relevant to your industry. But use people. You don't have to be the one coming up with the ideas. You don't have to be the ones coming up with the topics and the talk tracks you're going to use. Talk to people and actually use their perspective, use their point of view to create pitch angles and thought leadership topics. Um, so the stalking, stealing, using people uh, is something that I encourage all internal folks to do um, if you're running PR um, or communications. But it's something that those three things we employ as an agency as well every day so that we're able to keep this consistent commentary for our clients in the news. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I'd like to you know, speak a little bit more about the stealing. That's, um, I was going to ask you if you guys offer that because I feel like, you know, obviously an M&A being an acquired or an exit is, is a one-time, you know, for, for the journey of a founder, that's like a, once in a, a seven-year journey. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think, you know, quite often there's probably a few people listening who are founders and their competitors have raised a big round and it's kind of like, all right, that, that makes us feel a little bit slow. We're falling behind. Uh, but there's a way to yeah. capitalize on that. And I think that's important. So, you know, they can, they can reach out to somebody like you to work with them because, yeah, I wouldn't even know how to wrap my head around how to approach <laughs> that, right? <laughs> so, I mean, if, if that's something you guys do, that's that's cool. Definitely learn the, the stealing strategy from you guys. Um, cool. Uh, Lindsay, this, is, this has been interesting. I mean, lots of, lots of good things here. Um, I want to shift gears and move towards the, the personal rapid fire uh, part of the, the, the interview. So, you ready for that? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. me. All about you, Lindsay. I love it. <laughs> All right. What's one activity you enjoy outside of work that gets you into flow state? Uh, mine is through high intensity, high impact uh, exercise. So I really like to uh, to work really hard. Um, mm -hmm. My go to a specific um, fitness studio that I love dearly, and it is literally my time to. Do a number of things. If I'm pissed off, it's a way to get that out. If yeah. I'm stressed, it's a way to calm down. Uh, and I'm highly competitive. So I, I like the atmosphere where I'm in it with a bunch of people and we're all just working our butts off. Um, mm. That is, I feel phenomenal during, but also that period after. So mm. I feel very accomplished and I have that, we call it a flow state, but that feeling afterwards 
mm. is my perfect state of mind. Mm. You got all that serotonin flowing through. You're just like, ah, back, yep. back in who I should be. Uh, what is it? Are you running? Are you cycling? What's your... What's your uh... Uh, I go to a, a studio called F45, which oh, yeah. is um, a number of different it's stations. It's athletic, mm. but you're pushing a sled. You're doing box jumps. Uh, a lot of, uh, if you were ever a, an athlete, a lot of stuff that you would have done in your training sessions. Uh, so I, I'm sure it's not for everyone, but I love it. <laughs> cool. Um, what's one piece of advice you wish you had known and would tell your, let's say, 25-year-old self who looked young enough? My 25-year-old self, I've just graduated. Mm -hmm. uh, this will probably surprise some people. Um, my advice would be that there, there will always be a job. Mm. And that your first job is not going to be the job. So don't stress out about it. Everyone's going to tell you you have to have this plan. What are you going to do? What's your, you know, what do you, what do you want to do when you grow up? Or what are you going to do after school? Uh, Go explore the world, take risks, because at 25, there will always be a job for you when you are done exploring the world. And it might not be the job, but very few people find the job at age 25. So yeah. do your thing, take risks before you have all, you know, all your roots planted. And then we get back, or that may take you on a whole other journey, but find a job work in that job for a year, maybe work in another job for a couple of years and no, no not dissimilar than dating. You will take mm. something from every job and understand what's going to fill your cup, what you don't like doing. And you will use all of these qualifiers along the way till you finally find the job, but it ain't going to be your first one at 25. Mm. Um, so don't worry about following a path. It is your time. It would be my time to go take risks and explore. And I, I say that because I was a I was trying to follow a path uh, mm -hmm. and really worried about you know taking the right job and really was not that it didn't matter. I had a bunch of different jobs until I landed in the one that I've been in for seventeen years. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. that would be my advice: is go explore. The mm -hmm. job market will still be here when you get back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. To, to find what you, you want, um, you got to know what you don't want. Right. And then you don't know. Absolutely. You, and at 25, you really don't even know what you want yet. So <laughs> no, very few people marry their first boyfriend or girlfriend. That's true. That's true. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Mike Newman was my everything in sixth grade. You know, we didn't mm. quite make it. We didn't even make it to like the end of sixth grade, um, but then, yes, yeah, you, so your first job likely won't be your last either. Will yeah, not be your yeah. forever job and it's okay. Yeah, I'm still figuring it out today, so that's all right. It's all part of part of life. Um, cool. What 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 are uh, Lindsay? What are some of the biggest challenges you guys are facing in order to continue uh, to grow Blast Media? Sorry, and uh, meaning what keeps you up at night these days? Yeah, um, thank you for asking that. Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying our problems are the best type of problems you could have as a business right now. I don't want to sound ungrateful or um, naive to that our problems are good ones to have right now. Uh, we are fortunate that uh, we have, uh, last year in 2021, we doubled our headcount and grew our revenue by 60% um, with no signs of slowing, which awesome. Um, where that's presented challenges is in the rapid growth. And, and if you're a part of a high growth SaaS company, these 
These are very uh, standard challenges that come with growing and scaling quickly. Um, no different for us is that um, ensuring that our culture stays intact as we grow and hire quickly uh, and ensuring that our level of service and our client experience stays the same. We have worked so hard to establish ourselves as the only PR firm for B2B SaaS companies and have a fantastic reputation. That took 17 years to build and it mm. takes a lot less time than that to, to ruin it. So um, our, our those are our biggest challenges right now is ensuring our culture and our um, client service all stays intact where we want it to be. Um, I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night. Uh, I sleep very well. I fall asleep very quickly. Uh, so it doesn't keep me up at night, but it is definitely the biggest areas of attention right now. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, definitely, definitely a good problem to have and, and focus on. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to preface it. Don't people sure. say they're like, oh, those are not real problems. Yeah, no. Uh, well, <laughs> I recognize. <laughs> We've been on the other end, dear listeners, trust me, over 17 mm -hmm. years as a agency, we have definitely had too many people and not enough clients want to pay us. So we've mm. experienced both ends. Yeah, yeah. At least you're, you're on a better side now. Great to hear. Um, Lindsay, who or what are maybe some some recommendations for some top books, uh, mentors, or people you follow in the space who you'd say has been most instrumental to your success over these last few years? This conversation is tough for me. Uh, we, I feel like I've been in a lot of whether it's events or get togethers where this question comes up, because I wish I had like the thing, or you know, you get the question of what's, you know, who's someone that really kept you down in life, and what did you learn from it? Um, most of what I learned was simply through doing. Uh, I have been thrown into a lot of phenomenal opportunities, um, even as a you know, as a teenager and, and a young person. Uh, but most of what I learned was honestly through doing and. You know, when it comes to resources, books, people, that one's tough for me because you get in this habit of reading a book and you want to take that entire framework that you've learned, whether that's leadership or management or you know business strategy, and you want to just take this whole framework and shove it into your company and it never works because every company has its own unique operating system. And then you get like, oh, you know, well now, now what? Now I'm going to try this new framework that I just read. <laughs> um, and it, it just doesn't work. So it's less about a resource or a person or influencer. Uh, I take little bite-sized pieces of knowledge from many, many different sources and I test them out. So it might be something that seems super small, but I'm like, we're not doing that today. And it's a way to make our executive team function better, right? And I'll take this one little piece and I'll throw it out there and see if it sticks. I'm like, oh, that works. Where um, other times I'll apply a different um, piece of knowledge that I've read. And I'm like, oh, that does not work for our organization. That's okay too. Um, but I have been extremely fortunate that uh, at age 25, I marched into a um, interview with Blast Media. Uh, there were two people at the time. It's our founder and our current CEO. Uh, that was it. That's that's what the company was comprised of. And I, uh, from the second I walked in 17 years ago, we clicked. And I have been extremely fortunate and grateful that I still work with those two people. And we still work in business together today. And they are two of my best friends. So I get to, to work with uh, my best friends every day, which is incredible. Um, and our founder, Kelly, has been an incredible 
incredible mentor. Um, you wouldn't know that he's the founder of the company. You would have no idea his other successes. Uh, when people you know ask him what he does at Blast Media, he just saw a lot of things. And so, yeah, sometimes I water the plants. Sometimes I do X, Y, Z, uh, which are all very true. But he mm-hmm. is a very, very humble leader. And I mm-hmm. have learned a lot from him. Um, one of the biggest things I learned is shut up <laughs> and start listening more than you talk. Um, but i he's been a wonderful mentor to me, again, um, over the last 17 years and just so incredibly lucky that I get to work with my best friends every day. Yeah, it sounds like you got married in the in the business world pretty early, at twenty five. So you did figure out your <laughs> your life partner. I, at least I did. I held a lot though in, of other jobs between twenty one and twenty five. It was all oh. over the place. Yeah, that's all right. You found it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lindsay, what does success mean to you today? Whether that's um, you know, no, it doesn't have to be by by cultural perspective or, or standards, but you know, it's personally, business, financially, life. I guess there's, there's no right answer. Mm. For me, it's where you wake up most days excited about the day and ready to tackle the day. Um, Specifically from a work perspective there, I mean, over this last 17 years, there are very few days, weeks where uh, I will consistently wake up and just feel like it's too heavy today. Like I just, or like a Monday morning, you're like, man, I just, I don't have those feelings. Um, And I'm excited to get home and see my kids every day. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not using work as a shield from all of that uh, life. So I feel like my my cup is full um, mm-hmm. at both work and life. Um, and part of that too is just learning to, I've learned to say no to the things that don't bring me joy, that detract from the things that do. Um, mm-hmm. And that that took a long time to figure out um, and and put that into practice. But when you're at a point where the vast majority of the things that you're doing in your daily life bring you joy and fill up your cup, to me, that is success. Love it. Love it. Seems like you're, you're living that uh, on a day-to-day basis now for, for the most part. Um, Lindsay, this has been great. I think it's been you know, lots of good value here. I appreciate you jumping on and sharing all your, your insights with our, with our followers. Um, where can you know, founders or you know, anybody in the B2B SaaS space uh, get in touch with you, learn more about you and, and Blast Media? Where's the best place? Yeah. Uh, Blast Media is simply our name, blastmedia.com. You can find us across all of the social networks. And then I am Lindsay Groper. And you can hit me up at lindsay at blastmedia.com. And that's Lindsay with the E-Y. Uh, and certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably the network I'm most active. Um, so hopefully I'll hear from you all. And if anybody has any questions or wants to learn more about anything we talked about, I am happy to connect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lindsay. We'll add all those links to our show notes if people want to reach out and say hi Hi to Lindsay. Thank you so much. All right. all right. Thank you Cheers. so much. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SAS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SAS industry. If you're a SAS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, Get in touch with us at Horizon Capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and see you on the next one.